We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithane.org.au. Now this morning I want to continue with our series, Have You Ever Wondered Why? Let me pray. Lord, there's some people here this morning asking that question, have you ever wondered why? Why God? Why have you allowed this? God, why has this happened to me? God, why has it turned out this way? I invite your Holy Spirit today, this morning, would you speak to our hearts? May we have a sense of you, speaking words of life and hope into our circumstances and our situations, right where we are, in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna go to the screen now, and my question to you this morning is, which one of these videos most depicts your life at the moment? Have you ever wondered why God allows storms in your life? I think we all have that question and we've always wondered why. If we had the opportunity, I'm sure we'd like a peaceful life. We'd like a life where nothing ever goes wrong. We'd like a seamless life where, wow, it's just so exciting. It's like heaven on earth. I, I love my life. I love every section. I love every moment of it because nothing unforeseen ever happens. But let me tell you, that's not life. Whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, that's not life. In life, storms happen. And for us to really see the mighty, the miraculous, the incredible, it's through the storms in life that we see that mighty hand of God, that God is bigger than any incredible storm. And this morning, I wanna look at a guy in the midst of life, overcome everything to walk on water. And it'd be lovely if I could just say to you, one day, Peter was walking along the beach and it was a beautiful day like you saw. And there was some water there, it was so calm, it was so wonderful. And Peter just decided he'd go for a walk on the water. So he took a step and the water held him and he took another step and the water held him and he had a great walk across the lake and he came back and he's the second man living that has ever walked on water. But that's not the story. 
because it's in the midst of the storm that we see the miraculous. And sometimes we don't see the miraculous because we don't see what God is absolutely doing in the storms that we are challenged by. And in Matthew chapter 14, 22 to 33, an amazing story. I just alluded to it a little bit two weeks ago when we were looking at the challenges in life. But here are the disciples. They've just fed 5,000 people. And then immediately, Scripture says, immediately after that, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat to go ahead of him to the other side while he went back and dismissed that crowd of 5,000 people who they just fed with five loaves and a couple of fish. After he dismissed them, he went up in the mountains by himself to pray. Later that night, he was alone and the boat was a considerable distance from the land, buffered by the waves because the wind was against it. It's just saying the boat was out there and they had hit a storm. They didn't want to get in the boat because they realised that it was the season of storms and anybody in their right mind did not get in a boat at that time of the year because they would be confronted with a storm. The disciples didn't want to do it, but because Jesus asked them to do it, they did it. And I'm sure in their hearts they expected along the way that the, the weather would be beautiful, that Jesus would look after them. He'd give them a safe journey, a safe travel right across the other side of the lake and everything would be okay. But as soon as they got out there, it changed. In life, are you like the disciples? Are you expecting God to give you an absolute easy journey? Are you expecting because you're a Christian, nothing unforlorn is going to happen to you? Are you expecting because you're a follower of Jesus that because He has the power to do absolutely anything, to change any circumstance, to move any mountain, to transform any life, are you expecting as you walk with Jesus, nothing, no challenges are ever going to come your way? Didn't happen to the disciples. It's not gonna happen to us. So there they were in the boat. They had spent all night in the boat in the storm and they're absolutely fearful. And shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw that he was Jesus on the lake, they were terrified. They thought it was a ghost and they cried out in fear. So not only now did they have the, the, the absolute storm and the, the worry about drowning, but now they had a ghost coming towards them and they were absolutely beside themselves. But immediately Jesus said to them, don't take courage, it's I. Don't be afraid, it's Jesus. Well, there's some hope. And Jesus called out amongst the storm. And in the midst of the storm, we'd expect the moment that Jesus called out that the storm will stop. But read your Bible, the storm didn't stop just because Jesus was there. The storm kept raging. And Peter, Peter called out to Jesus and he said, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out on the water. Come, Jesus said, then Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down and those who were in the boat, they worshipped him saying, truly, you are the son of the living God. 
Isn't it beautiful to see that? That Jesus, as Peter sunk, didn't let him gurgle there for a couple of minutes just to say, I told you so. But Jesus understood his heart and he lifted him out of the boat. And sometimes we've got an attitude that because it takes a little while to get the answers to prayer, or because in our journey it's going longer than what we expected, we think God doesn't like us and he leaves us in the water gurgling. That's not his heart. He's always there with us and he's always there to rescue us at the right time. God allows storms so Christianity can do what it's supposed to do. Christianity shows the power and the goodness and how great and incredible God is that we serve. Christianity, when the Spirit of the living God comes into our heart, He starts to transform us so that we can survive the storms that happen from day to day. And to, and to survive these storms throughout life, it's not in the mountaintops or through the storms that we are prepared to deal with the unexpected. It's in the day, and day in, day out walk with Jesus that He prepares us for what He has for us. It's the little sips that we have with God every single day that starts to fill our souls, fill our relationship, fill who we are, fill our lives and make us the people of God that He wants us to be. Life is built on what we do each day. If we consider love and friendship and marriage, love, friendship and marriage is not built on those skydiving activities together. The trips we manage to get to Paris, the kayak, kayaking down the Amazon, it's not built on those one-off mountaintop experiences. Love, friendship and marriage is nurtured in the context of the simple things like coffee together, like hanging out together, like those discussions we have about taking a walk together, about doing the dishes and talking together. It's in those little day-to-day, week-by-week, moment-by-moment things that the relationship is nurtured so then it's strong. It's strong for when stuff happens. It's in those daily activities that we become familiar and we become robust so that when the tough times come, we just naturally respond correctly. Let me give you an example. Driving a car. I've been driving a car since I was 17. Two weeks after I was 17, I got my license. I've been driving a car ever since. Now, if something would happen if I'm on the car road and I've got to respond really quickly, I just find I naturally just respond. I don't have to think the car has stopped in front of me. It's time to take my foot off the accelerator and start to move to the brake. Before I even think it, my body just reacts like that because I've spent so much time in the car, I've spent so much time driving it. And it's just a natural response. Now, my boat licence, I've had my boat licence for probably 10 years, but I'm not as efficient in the bo- driving a boat or skippering a boat than what I am when I'm in a car because I haven't done the time, I haven't spent the time in the boat. And I've gone out with Lloyd in, in his boat a number of times, and Lloyd's been driving a boat ever since he was knee-high to a grasshopper. And as we're going out um, the Malula River there, we go past this other boat, and it's just about... 
I don't know, about half a metre next to that boat, and I'm starting to get a cold sweat because I'm thinking if I was driving this boat, I would make sure I'd leave a lot more room because I just wasn't confident. But he was absolutely confident and knew what he's doing because for so long he just naturally learned to drive a boat. It's the same thing in life. It's the daily times with God that we spend with Him, that we sit with Him, that we pray with Him, that we read some Scripture, that we learn about Him. It's in those daily times that we get our strength. So when the storms come, we just naturally start to lean on God because we've been doing it for such a long time. It's a natural response. Some people, they don't spend the time with God in those easy times, those easy days, and they wonder when the rough times come and they try to hang on to God, they just can't do it. They don't know what to do. It's a bit like me saying I've never driven a car and the first time I drive the car, I have an accident because I don't just know how to respond. I expect I know how to respond. It's in those daily times that we go over and over things that our preparation is done in our lives for the big adventures to weather storms and deal with stuff as it comes along the way. Question, have you ever had to hold on to a promise from God's Word and not let go of it? Have you ever had to grasp onto a promise and not let go of it? A promise for someone who you love someone who's sick that you're holding on for, a promise for provision when you don't see where it's gonna come from, a promise for your kids that God will fulfill His promise and things will work out for them. And when you're holding on to that promise and the promise gets harder because God takes longer to give you the answer and you're holding on with everything you've got, have you ever been there? Because when you are there, I wanna remind you today that God is there with you. The disciples, they were out in the boat. Where was Jesus? Up the mountain, He was praying and He was praying, I'm sure, for them. The disciples in the boat, their prayer was, God, would you stop the wind? God, I need you, no matter what, would you stop the wind? But God never stopped the wind, but He turned up in the midst of the wind and He changed the situation. And sometimes our prayer is, God, will you stop the storm? God, just take away this storm, remove the storm. And when the storm isn't removed, you need to hear God's heart because God's heart's saying, I'm not removing this storm, but here I am in the midst of the storm and I've got something for you in the storm. And I believe that's a word for someone here today that the storm isn't being removed, but God wants you to know in the storm, He's got something for you. He is there. He loves you, absolutely loves you. And for some reason, He's not stopping the storm, but He's there with you in the storm. In the midst of the storm, Jesus says one word to Peter. He just simply says, come. He didn't stop the storm. He didn't stop the waves. He didn't change the circumstances. There was Peter in the boat and said, Jesus, can I just come out? Can I come to where you are? I think it's safer where you are. And Jesus said, come. That's the only instruction he gave. That's the same instruction that I can give to um, my dog. And she'll come, she'll come, come, she'll come. That's all he said to Peter, come. And some of us in the first trace of a storm, or wind, or disappointment, we start to doubt God. 
We start to doubt God because the bigger the storm, the bigger the miracle. The bigger the obstacle we have to overcome, the bigger the opportunity. When Peter stepped out into the, onto the water and started to walk towards Jesus, man, what an incredible challenge that was for him. But God was greater than anything he was facing at the moment as he watched Jesus. And I want to tell you that God is greater than anything you're facing at the moment while your eyes are on Jesus. But verse 30, after Peter had walked on the water, he saw the wind. Peter was responding to the word. The word that Jesus said was come. And while he's responding to the word of God and doing what Jesus had asked him to do, it was okay. But rather than just focusing on the word, what he did is he started to turn around and look at the wind. And when he focused on the wind, what happened? All hell broke loose. He started to sink. Sometimes there's a little bit of wind and the challenges are there and you forget about the greatness of God and focusing on God who is there in the midst of the storm. His mistake was that he saw the wind above Jesus. As he looked at the wind, he thought the wind is more powerful than Jesus and then he fell. If anything you're facing, you think is bigger than Jesus, I wanna tell you today, you've got it wrong. And Peter had to learn that. In the midst of the storm, Peter had to learn that what he was facing, God was bigger. So what is stronger? Is it the word or the wind? Was it the word come from Jesus' mouth or the wind? Which was the stronger in this situation? Obviously, the word is stronger. Jesus commands, come. And when Jesus speaks and his word says something and we believe it, that is the most powerful thing on this planet because it comes from almighty God who created the planet. So the word is so much more powerful than the wind. The wind didn't have the strength to take Peter down because God had called him to walk. The only reason he went down was he took his eyes off the word and the calling of God in the midst of the circumstances. He looked at the wind. Faith is not an imaginary state that I work myself into or a delusion that nothing bad is going to happen. Faith is not a worked up state. Faith is a trust in someone who is greater and wiser than I. Faith is trusting and hoping and believing that as I sharpen my focus and I see the God of all creation with me, that He is enough to take me through. Faith says I'm putting my eyes on the goodness of God in this moment and I'm not looking back and I'm not looking forward and I'm not looking around, I'm looking at Jesus. My mind has already come to the conclusion that God is good to me, God is with me and though the wind and the world be against me, if all hell's power come against Jesus to nail Him on a cross and three days later He pushes through and He rises again to show us that the resurrection resurrection from the dead is real. There is nothing that can stop the power of Almighty God. Your situation does not have the power to hold you down. God has the power to raise you up. The Bible says God is help 
in a time of trouble, that God is there as long as we've got this foundation built in the good times and the easy times to get to know God. The God I learned to, to trust on my veranda overlooking the river as I sit there in the mornings or in the evenings. The God who I talk to and we have a conversation is the same God when the storms come that He's there. The God that I can laugh with, the God that something turns up or something happens. I say, God, only you can do that. And I want to say thanks. The same God that does that is the same God when we face these storms that is the God of more than enough, that He still loves us, He still cares for us, He's still with us and He's never, ever, ever going to let us go. If you're walking on the water... As long as you're watching Jesus, it's okay. But when the devil sends the wind, keep your eyes on Jesus. When you get the bad news, keep your eyes on Jesus. When things are falling apart, keep your eyes on Jesus. When that bill comes, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your focus there. In the Old Testament, there was a guy named Elijah. And Elijah was there and it hadn't rained for three and a half years. And he's praying, he's praying for rain. And he got down, he prayed, and he asked God, he bowed his head and said, God, would you send the rain? But rather than racing out and seeing the sky himself, he sent his servant out. He sent his servant out to go and check the sky, see if there's any clouds. The reason he did that was he didn't want to look at the sky because as he saw the sky and saw, saw no clouds, he believed he'd start to doubt. So he stayed and kept his focus on God and he sent someone else out to check the sky and check the sky again and check the sky again and... Finally, the guy come back and I see a cloud the size of just a hand and that's all he needed for his faith to soar. And he said, there's coming, the rain's coming. There's an abundance of rain. The devil tries to make you focus on the earthly stuff and the earthly situation and makes a hypothetical of it and makes you rehearse in your mind over and over and over again the worst, the absolute worst situation. And as you focus on the worst situation, what happens? You believe it. But when we start to focus on God, you're bigger than this. You're bigger than this dilemma. You're bigger than this financial stuff. You're bigger than cancer. You're bigger than what we're going through. God, you are bigger. And my focus in is a God, on a God that can do absolutely anything. I'm going to stand on the Word rather than the wind. I'm going to stand on what God says rather than what I see. And when we do that, there's something that happens in our life. We realise that we are loved, that God is with us, that God is for us, that greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world, that God can conquer this, that God can get me through this. I know that God is with me. I don't need any evidence to prove that God is real because He's demonstrated over and over and over again in the good times and the easy times that he's real and he's a provider and he's there and he's always answered prayer and he's always been there so why shouldn't I trust him now in the, the, the difficult times what we believe in the easy times let's believe in those difficult times Peter trusted for a little while as he got out of the boat he trusted but because the journey and the wind was bigger than what he expected Along the way, he turned and looked at his circumstances. 
Can I encourage you today? I don't know how long you've been on your journey or how long you've prayed for this prayer or how long you've stood in the gap for somebody. You've been asking God for something. I don't know how long you've done it for, but I want to tell you, don't get weary in well-doing. Don't give up. Because Peter, after a while, gave up and started to look as the world sees. That's when he sunk. Still keep believing in God, believing his power is enough. The wind did not die down so the miracle could happen. In fact, the wind was against them to prove that God's word was greater than the wind. Sometimes God doesn't remove the storm, but God gives power in the midst of the storm. The last thing that Jesus removed that day was the storm. It didn't affect him. He pushed through it. And he called Peter in the midst of the storm to come out. He put Peter back in the boat in the midst of the storm. And when everyone was back in the boat, it was all safe. Then he decided, now the storm's going to stop so that they can give glory to God. So rather than just praying, God, remove the storm, pray that God will be your strength in the storm. I believe so many people, They've gone out with faith. They started to believe and they started to pray by faith. And what are you praying by faith today that you've given up and you start to look at the circumstances and you realise that maybe God isn't big enough for my situation? I believe there's got to be a change. We've got to come back. We've got to come back. Let me tell you a story of me as a little child. I was four and a half my mother sent me over to the shops. Now the shops are only 200 metres from our house, so you can see our house from these shops. There's a whole row of shops. And I went over to, I think, just get a, a pack of cigarettes. So I went over there, got a pack of cigarettes, and while I was over there, a storm erupted like I'd never seen before. This little kid about this high. And there I was, there was a great big long veranda in front of all the shops. And I was standing there and I was terrified. I was holding onto a pole so I wouldn't blow away. And I was grabbing her cigarettes in the other hand and I was terrified. And as the storms come, all the shops behind me started to close up. They just started to all close up. They brought in all the signs and everything. All the shops, the 15 shops behind me were absolutely closed and I was left out there by myself to face the storm. I have never, ever been as fearful as I was then. And it felt like 20 minutes that I stood there and clung on by myself. I could see people in the shops, but for some reason, they didn't see me. To eventually, someone in the hairdressers behind me saw me and they come out and they, a little kid, they brought me in and they dried me off. And then I saw my mother coming over with an umbrella to rescue me. Do you know, for the next years, I hated storms. When I was in grade one at school, if it was going to rain, if there's going to be a storm and I was at school, I'd just start to cry because I was so fearful because of what happened. And I never put those two together until I was putting this story together for you. But every time I think it was going to rain, fear would just grip me and I'd start to cry. And I didn't like storms for quite a long while, but then I came to Jesus. And then I come to know Jesus and I started to read these stories to realise that Jesus is the king of the storm. The wind and waves still obey what Jesus says. And then I started to realise at the age of 20 
that I don't have to fear storms anymore because I know the king of the storms. I know who's there. I know who's going to walk me through those storms. And I know the one who can still the storm or rage the storm, but I trust him. And I've never been fearful of a storm since. I love storms now. I love the thunder. I love the rain. I love the wind. Ask Meryl, I'll sit out there. I'll enjoy every moment of it because I know who's in charge. This morning, I want to tell you, whatever storm you're going through, whatever your circumstances, I know the one who's in charge. I know the one who's able to transform your world in the midst of your storm and give you peace. His name is Jesus. And He's the one we worship. He's the one we serve. He's the one we live for. And He's the one that has got it. And in our service here today, and for those who are online, I want to invite you to have communion. And as you come, we're inviting you, those who are here with us, to to come down. There's a number of communion stations throughout the church. As we sing our last song, I want to invite you to come down to take communion, to take it back to your place, to eat and drink. But as you do, can you allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart and just show you in the storm that you're going through, where's your focus? If you start to focus on what you can see, rather than focus on Him who can control your storm, can you just do a fresh surrender? Can you surrender again this morning to Jesus, the King of the storm? To Jesus, who transforms every circumstance. And no matter what it is, He will always, always give you hope. Because as He took this bread, as he took this cup, as he broke it, as he ate it, as he gave it to the disciples and he said, take, eat and remember me, he was about to go through the biggest storm that ever existed in eternity. And he did it for one reason, so that when you go through your storm, he will absolutely understand. He sees your heart. He knows what you're going through. He knows your struggles. And He wants to tell you this morning, He loves you. So God, this morning, I want to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you as we take this cup, as we take this bread, we remember what you've done and we want to say thank you for your victory. And thank you, God, that we too can follow you in victory, no matter what the storm that God, you're the God of more than enough. And we say thanks in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.